I thought, why would um, the Explore Washington podcast want to talk to me? Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. All right. So, Jane, welcome to the podcast. We've been chatting before, you know, getting this going. So uh, we won't share our comments about Chicago or Detroit or anything like that. We'll talk about Washington State. So first off, thank you for being here. Can you tell us, give us the backstory of how you got started in in being, I'll call you a TikTok star. Let's just, let's just <laughs> give you that moniker. You are a TikTok star. How did this come about? Oh, well, thanks for having me, Scott. This is really <laughs> cool. And when you first, um, I guess it was your daughter when she reached out to me, I thought, why would um, the Explore Washington podcast want to talk to me? I'm seriously just a stay-at-home mom housewife, somebody who stumbled upon TikTok during the height of the quarantine. Um, So it was March, 2020. And my husband who um, could not work during that time um, because he's a dentist and, you know, all elective procedures were kind of shut down for eight weeks. Um, He was stuck at home with us and I was managing homeschooling for the kids. Suddenly finding myself having to prepare three meals a day for all four of us when I was just used to, you know, I didn't eat square meals on a normal, typical day pre-pandemic, right? It was just make sure Sure. the kids are fed and, you know, we're good to go. Um, Prepare dinner. That's about it. So it was, um, you know, when, when everything changed, I just needed something, an outlet, a creative outlet, something to get me moving, all the gyms were shut down and my gym was shut down. Um, and when, right when I was trying to get my mojo back, I, it was the first time maybe in six years that I started working out regularly and I could really feel that it was um, so good for my mental health and physical health. And then, um, and then COVID hit. <laughs> so I, I noticed my, that my best friend who lives in Los Angeles was doing these dances and posting them on social media, on Instagram. But clearly, you know, I saw the TikTok watermark and I'm like, what are you doing on that app? Like, I know what that is, right? And she said, oh my goodness, it's so much fun. Um, Jane, we should start to learn dances together and it'll just be a way to keep us busy. So it was all in good fun, lots of silliness. Um, it was a mental challenge to try and remember uh, like choreography for a 15 second um, dance. And I, I use choreography very loosely because it was, you know, it, it's what the teens do, what Gen Z does. Um, mm-hmm. And then it just kind of, it, it stuck. It was so fun. And um, it really was kind of like a daily challenge for me. And then the more I stayed on the app, the more I discovered kind of all corners of 
the internet, like cooking TikTok, DIY TikTok, home improvement TikTok, um, in addition to the dancing. And what really spoke to me was when I stumbled upon mom TikTok or parenting TikTok, where it was just parents who were like me, stuck at home with the kids, kind of going crazy and just documenting it, um, whether through funny monologues or skits. And so I tried my hand at that um, based on things that were happening in my own life. And then it just kind of took off from there. Well, I think you're being modest because how many, how many people are checking your videos out? What's how many people are following you? Yeah, more it's a than, small number. More than 3 million at this point. It's crazy. That's, is that not, I mean, so how do you wrap your head around the <sighs> fact that Three. I mean, when you think think about it this way, this you know now maybe you'll never do another TikTok video because I'm not trying to scare you, but think about three million people are aware of you on some level and are paying attention to you on some level. I mean, I don't think you're getting three million views every video. You know, it's not that, but that's insane. I it I I, I can't wrap my head around it. I know it. I think when, so I remember when it occurred to me that, oh my goodness, I think I could get a hundred thousand followers on here. I remember distinctly asking my husband, um, do you think I'll hit a hundred thousand followers on here? And he's like, sure. But (laughs) it's just so, um, it, it was at first a very foreign concept, but I think what TikTok what this platform gives to people on it is just um, that taste of virality. And it, it's just what the algorithm does. And it's the fact that your content, what you post is constantly discoverable by people who may never have seen any kind of video or content from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every video, I don't think the same people are seeing it necessarily. And so some of it is, you know, it's the algorithm, it's what's proven to have um, been successful on your channel. And what I'm learning is that, um, you know, what people initially might have come for is not necessarily what they stay for, right? Or, um, you know, you constantly have to evolve on there and try new things. Um, at first it was definitely, I think it was, um, parents and other moms who were finding my content and found it relatable and then would, you know, hit the follow button. And so I would do more content like that. After a while though, you run out of new ideas, you know, or you get into like a creative, um, slump as I call it. And, um, you know, I tried doing all, a lot of different things. One was, um, just documenting how I teach my kids, um, to speak Korean, common Korean phrases. And then that took off and got a following from another corner of the platform. People who are also interested in learning Korean or are interested in Korean culture, K-pop culture, things like that. So it's interesting. I think there's that 3 million, that number, that audience, I think they're from all 
all areas. One of the workers is calling. Oh, okay. Scott, do you mind if I take oh, a quick break? Okay. Go ahead. You've done videos of you teaching your kids Korean. Mm-hmm. And and you say people are following you because they're curious and they want to learn um, how to say a phrase in, in Korean. So it's kind of cool that you're a byproduct of you teaching your children is helping somebody else learn uh, conversational Korean. I mean, that's that, cool. Yeah. I am so sorry. You're fine. So, so I'm just going to put this out there, everybody. She's having work done on her house. And so we may, we may have some background noise and people yes. may come and go, but that's okay. That's all good. Thank you. So, that so, is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's kind of interesting because this is a platform I haven't, I, I joke, I jokingly say my daughter won't let me go on, on the TikTok. I I'm kidding. She, no, I'm not. Um, I, it's just not a platform I've paid a lot of attention to personally. Mm-hmm. But we had another guest on, I'll just share this story with you. We had another guest on, I don't know, a few months ago. And he's a woodworker out of Washougal, Washington, which is down by the Columbia River, down the Portland area. And he's blind. Wow. And so his handle is the Blind Woods, the Blind Woodsman. And he's creating videos by himself of him working on woodworking tools, which just Blew my mind. I was just like, so I'm talking to him like, how, how is this not like, you know, I, I, I shouldn't be allowed to touch tools anyway with, with eyesight, you know, and here's this, here's this man that's completely blind who does beautiful woodworking mm-hmm. and he's creating his own videos. Now his wife uploads them for him, but he creates the videos and he walked me through it. And it's like, so I'm, I'm talking to him and it's just fascinating. And so I'm watching a couple of his videos and I'm just, I'm just, I can't get past the fact that this is a blind person. Yes working with power tools, yeah, creating art. And I'm watching and I'm looking at his videos and how many thousands of people are watching these things. You know? mm-hmm. And I'm having a conversation one night at dinner and my, my granddaughter, my wife's granddaughter and I, she goes, Oh, I know who he, he she's, she was 14 at the time. She goes, I've watched him. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, how fascinating is this platform that yeah. teenagers are watching this and you've got people watching you teach your kids conversational Korean. Mm -hmm. So enough of me, let's go back. So you started this out as a way of sanity. Yes. As an outlet, as as an outlet, how much effort do you put into the videos? I mean, are you doing, I mean, are these free form? Are they fully Mm -hmm. scripted? Cause you, you, we're a TV news anchor. You, you come from a, the, the, of the polished world, if you will. Let, can walk me through your process for a video. Sure. So I want to say when I first started, it was, you're kind of learning this whole world and learning the language and um, kind of how this platform works, what people are doing and you're hopping on trends, viral trends, and TikTok will make it really easy for you to identify those trends. They have, um, they call it the discover page with a little magnifying glass icon. And they'll tell you, here are the trending sounds, the songs, here are the trending, um, you know, topics or hashtags, and you're kind of putting your own spin. So that's kind of how I, I would say most people start 
when they're learning this new app. And then the algorithm learns you, learns what kind of content you like to engage with, um, you know, whether by, you know, interacting with um, comments or following certain people and will con- we'll start to feed you the content that you're showing a preference for. Okay. And so my process, um, once I kind of found myself and my voice was then gleaning from my background, my news background. And I, and I, it was a lot of trial and error at first. I remember um, some of my earlier videos were me doing news parodies, um, news updates about, you know, here's, here's my quarantine update. And I kind of put in graphics and breaking news um, music on the background. And that was a ton of effort for a minute long video or maybe a few thousand views. Okay. And then, um, and then when I evolved into, okay, doing skits or making writing skits out of the funny um, moments I have with my kids, that was, um, you know, I would say maybe a couple of hours a day effort from conception all the way to actually um, filming it, editing it and posting it. And so then, when you film and edit, are you using just your phone for this or are you, are you running it through? You can how do sophisticated it, are you getting? Yeah. So you can do it. You can be as sophisticated as you want to or not. You can do everything in app. Um, okay. it, there's a little bit of a learning curve, but um, there are some people who stay within the app. I'll kind of do what whatever that video demands. Sometimes, um, so that this is where I think my my background comes in handy is the storytelling aspect of it, where I know where I want the story to go and I know what I want the shots to show. And then I determine, okay, am I going to have to edit this outside the app just on my phone or am, is it something I can do within the app? So anything that I do within the app is, um, you know, very low effort. Okay. Right. And, and okay. the thing is, it is not, uh, it does not, the effort does not correlate with, you know, how successful it is on the platform. So I want to say my most viral video, even to this date was a candid conversation I had during dinner with, um, my seven-year-old at the time he was six, but all I did was I flipped my phone on within the uh-huh. TikTok app, just thinking, oh, this is, you know, this might be a funny thing. And I had the camera on me, but it's recording video and audio and he's asking me questions. And, um, I uploaded it right before I was going to take a shower and wash up for the night. When I checked back about an hour later, it was already in like almost a hundred thousand views. I just, it was like a weird, what, what happened? And then when I woke up the next morning, I think I had, I want to say I went from about a hundred thousand followers to like a quarter million the next morning. It's wild. So I think if you talk to every TikTok um, creator Mm-hmm. who has a large following, most of the time they'll have that one video or that one viral moment that catapulted them kind of onto the next level, if you will. That's staggering. And once you're 
once you're there, then I realized I have a little bit more freedom on what I post and when I post because your content gets pushed out to that following audience first. So there's a greater chance you build upon that. And then there's a greater chance of, you know, that piece of content being seen by, by more and more people. That's, that's, that's staggering to go, you know, yeah, the time that you and it, in the shower, getting cleaned up for the evening, you come back and there's been a hundred thousand and, and yes. then you, you get up, you get up the next day. I don't know. I wouldn't have been able to sleep. I'd have been just like watching my phone. It would have, I would not have slept that night, but you're saying you went from a hundred thousand followers to a quarter million in less than say eight hours. You yes. Know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And wow. really when I, at the time I posted the video, I was probably around 80,000 followers. And and I think that was the day or the day before was, was the day I asked my husband, like, Oh my goodness, I think I might be able to hit a hundred thousand followers on here, which is wild. And then, yeah. Then when I woke up the next, that was, that was my scary TikTok moment. Not where I am now. Kind of, because right. I feel a little bit more, you know, I have my footing. I kind of know who I am and know who I want to be on the app. But that morning after that big viral video, I kind of had that, uh oh, um, what, where do I go from here? Is this still, is it still a creative outlet for me and a pastime? Right. Yeah. Have your, so your kids, are they willing participants in this? Are they, are they, are they, cause I haven't, you know, like full disclosure, I have not. And I did this on purpose. I started thinking I'm going to watch some of them. I don't know. I I'm just going to, I'm not going to watch any, I will, but I want to just kind of come at this completely as a blank slate. So some of these questions, anybody that's watching is going to go, yeah, man. You know, but this is just, I'm responding to what you're telling me. So are your kids willing participants? Are they hams or do you have to pull it out of them? I mean, do you have to coax, coax yeah. it out of them or it, how are they? You know, it always depends. I think now that they have a little bit more awareness of what TikTok is, um, I will always ask them if they want to film something. Okay. And almost always they're totally game. It. And I'll okay. never force them. Um, sure. and, and most of the time it's easy because it's, um, they know, they kind of get that we're doing jokes or funny things or showing bits and pieces of real life. So if I tell um, my son, for example, hey, remember that conversation we had at lunch? Um, and remember how, you know, we were cracking up? Let's try to recreate that. Okay. And then you know, I'll give him, you know, some minimal prompts and he'll kind of, he'll, he'll play along. Okay. And then sometimes it's a little bit more scripted, more structured. And I'll say, okay, here's what you'll say when I say this, this is your cue. And then we'll do that a few times. Um, but they're almost always willing participants and they love, um, they, they're not on TikTok, but they like watching, they call it mommy TikTok. And okay. I have a couple of friends who are also creators on there and they just love watching um, content from, from them. <laughs> have your kids pitched ideas to you? Yes. 
<laughs> so what's kind of a, what, what share with us a couple of, you know, interesting, you know, fun and creative uh, pitches that the kids have come up with. Oh, well, so, um, Bennett really, my seven-year-old, he is really into, um, his prehistoric animals. Okay. And every time, you know, and I don't know if this is, I, I guess because I, I can tell by the comments from people who say, oh my goodness, that that's the same at our house or that happens to me too. But one thing that happened during quarantine was I found myself printing out nonstop, like dozens of coloring pages a day. And I have bought so many ink cartridges because <laughs> we run out so often. And so I'm always replenishing the printer and um, the requests of what he wants printed can be so obscure. And one day it was like, okay, mommy, can I have a coloring sheet? And I said, sure. What would you like? Dunkley Osteas. I'm like, what? 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 <laughs> a, a what? And he said, Dunkley Osteas. It's a type of armored fish. Like just so matter of factly. And I was like, oh, I don't even know how to spell that if I were to Google that. <laughs> And, um, you know, my genuine confusion. And then he goes just offhandedly, that would make a funny TikTok. <laughs> and so, yeah. I was like, hmm, yeah, maybe, maybe it would. So then a few days later, I kind of wrote something really quick and I said, Hey, let you want to do that TikTok and do that skit. And so we made a TikTok based off of that. And, um, there were a lot of people who, I don't know, like, found it funny or interesting or relatable. So it's very, well, I mean, just you know, look at my face when you said, I'm like, what the heck? You know, I was laughing. Like, mundane things. Right. But it, it's funny what kids find funny and it's right. funny to see. So sometimes if I'm feeling like creatively depleted, I'll, I'll just kind of ask him, Hey, let's think of some, funny things that would make TikToks. And and so he'll say, what about that one time when we, or, you know, dot, dot, dot. So there's a very important question I need to ask now. Were you able to find a coloring sheet yes. of the armored fish? Yes. I can't even pronounce the name. So, okay. I mean, so context, he doesn't just know this. He watches Jurassic World. Oh, sh sure, sure. And I think that's where, you know, and, and I think that's, that's, why these coloring pages exist. And, you know, I was so happy as a mom to be able to find that. Right. Cause I was sweating when he, when he asked for that. And there were some other, other animals. I, I can't remember their names now, but he'll have really obscure things. He went through a big shark phase. So then it was like, I want, um, you know, a cookie cutter shark coloring page. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't, I can find an image of it. I don't know if it's a coloring sheet that I can print, you know, and then my daughter who, who has like two interests always asks me for either Daniel Tiger or Peppa Pig coloring sheets, which, which is super easy, um, easy, ubiquitous. So that was, we, yeah. we wrote that into the, the TikTok too, you know, so they're almost all of, um, my content is inspired by real life things. And sometimes there are hyperboles of what happened in real life. But it really came about because you needed an outlet because you were like all of us cooped up at home. Yep. 
Not that you don't love your kids, not that you don't love your husband, but you're not used to being around them 24 seven. You know, I mean, it was very, very weird for a lot of us to be around our spouses or I actually, this is something to me that I'll say funny, but I actually think maybe a problem. So a lot of people I know ended up getting animals during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. What are those animals going to do when they have to go back to work? (laughs) They're used to the human being around, you know, Um, you know, anyway, it it was a very, a very weird time for everybody. And I think what's really cool is you found this creative way of being creative. I mean, and that you brought your kids into it and you've, you engage your kids and they're, they're participants and, and you guys are having fun and, and all of that. Is your husband ever, do you ever uh, drag him in? Sometimes. Is he a Uh, willing participant or do you have to like pull him in? I do have to coax him sometimes. So I won't really put that on him. I'll always ask. And he's always been a great sport, but I won't ever force him. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't get that. I don't, I don't, I don't see any, you know, from you, any uh, sort of, you know, forcing of anything. I think it's (laughs) all very cooperative and collaborative. But it's been really funny. I'll say Scott, because the thing about like women being a woman in today's age, you still get questions like, where is the dad? You know? Really? Yeah. And, and one of my, I want to say in the, some of my earlier content, um, if I posted a video with just me and my kids, it was always like one of the most common questions was where's their dad? <laughs> Or are you a single mom? And, you know, and so, um, one of the TikToks that I did with my husband was, I just, um, it was a reply to comment. There's a feature where you can reply to a comment with a video. Okay. So it said, where's, where's the dad? (laughs) And I did a video, um, with me kind of pulling him into the frame and us doing a dance together. And it's like, okay, you saw him good. Are we good? All right. Yep. We're good. Next. Back to regular programming. So do you, I want to go down this tangent, but because you brought up comments and all that. So first question is, do you share these videos on other platforms? Are you sharing this on Instagram? Do you share this anywhere else? Or are they just on TikTok? I'll share them on Instagram. If I think that it will, um, you know, serve that, that Instagram audience. Well, it's a little Mm -hmm. bit different because on Instagram, it's a lot of people who know me in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do a little, my content is a little bit different on Instagram where I'm a little bit more candid about my life and kind of my values. And, you know, it, it's kind of a, a, a little bit of a different space, less um, all entertainment and creativity okay. that TikTok has been. So I will share, um, Sometimes not, not every time. Yeah. There's just some things that, that the TikTok people get that nobody anywhere else gets. Yes. Okay. So the TikTok people, that's what we'll call them. (laughs) Um, Our Instagram channel, my daughter manages it and she does a great job. And once again, so not, it's not a place I'm allowed to go. Um, But we get, you know, there's some, really strange people that think nothing of saying some really just 
inappropriate, unnecessary things over trivial, in my opinion, trivial mm-hmm. things. Is the TikTok community friendlier? You know, it depends. I think they're, I've heard all different things where they're actually more vicious on Instagram, whereas on TikTok, it's a lot less serious. Okay. But I think there are people like that everywhere, right? And um, so that, that's been a learning process, growing that thick skin or just learning to laugh it off or, you know, just delete it or block mm-hmm. if you don't want to see it. Um, so that was definitely, um, you know, just self-training, if you will, self-conditioning, because that's going to happen on, on any platform. So two-part question, putting you on the spot, and you might not be able to give me just one answer. A couple, I'll, I'll give you a couple of it to, to answers, and you know, I'll give you a couple. What's your favorite video that you've done so far for you? The one that you're like, I think this one is my favorite. Oh my goodness. That is really hard. I'd be like me asking you to pick one of your, which one, which one of your children's your favorite. That's an impossible question to answer. I understand. But what, I mean, there's gotta be, you know, some that really you're like, this one came out and I'm just really like, yeah, that's cool. I like that one. Yeah. Um, so I think what a lot of people who have been with me from, the early days, I mean, I say early when it has only been like less than a year and a half, um, was a video (laughs) that I did called, and I titled it too spicy. Too spicy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it was a way for me to show how, um, the, the paradoxical element of parenting, the double standards, if you will. Um, so it's a series, different scenes of me eating snacks and the kids asking for a taste. And I tell them, Oh no, this is it's too spicy. It's too spicy. It's too spicy. And I did like chips, spicy pickles, um, you know, bubbly water. And then the next scene, the last scene was me holding out some kimchi and saying, you got to, you got to eat this. You know, you're Korean. You got to eat, you got to know how to eat spicy. <laughs> so that was the punchline, you know, and, and it landed, like the joke landed for most people, but what happens like every time something goes viral is you get to a certain threshold and then, um, and then the people who don't get it or angry for some reason come for you. Right. So then it was, um, it launched. So this kind of was the, the viral moment that, um, I think made me more visible to a lot more people. It was not that overnight viral video, but it kind of was the one that, that helped me brand myself. Okay. I would say. So that's that's probably be, you know, one of my most memorable videos. Okay. All right. So the flip side of that question is, and approximately how many videos have you, have you published now? Oh my goodness. Um, probably at this point, maybe around 500. I'm not sure if I say uh-huh. well, roughly, cause in the beginning I would post at least a video a day. Okay. And it kind of All was right. like the, the, the one thing that 
that day had to show for, right? Is if I get anything done, I'm going to post a video. I have my video. <laughs> okay. So you've done, we'll just say 500. Somewhere in there had to be an idea that you thought was going to be great. And it, it just, it flopped. Oh yeah. What? I mean, share one. Fun. Okay. Share. So I'll share one because I was so proud of it. So I shared with you that I used to do news report parodies, kind of like weekend update, but it's from my living room. Um, I'm dressed like a news anchor, but um, you know, I wrote it like a news story. And okay. that was so fun because that's what I know how to do. And I was mm-hmm. using a different part of my brain and, you know, trying to make it funny. So I wrote, I did a couple that were pretty successful. And then I did one where, you know what, I want to do um, like a weather report. And it was last summer, so almost a year ago. And I'm going to make it like, you know, like a metaphor, like hurricane, you know, I'm going to call my kids like tropical storm and hurricane, you know. And so I made a little bit and that just was a flop, a total flop. Um, people just didn't get it or it was just too long or it was just too meta, too niche. I'm not sure. (laughs) Okay. All right. No, I, I love asking people what doesn't work because you almost, you probably learned something from it. If if nothing else, you, you learned, well, maybe that need, they need to be shorter. You know, maybe that one was Mm talking. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting. So let's, so during the, during the pandemic, you guys were stuck at home a lot. Mm-hmm. So most of your stuff was filmed in the house, correct? Yes. Around, or in the yard, maybe. Mm-hmm. Are you doing, are you, do you, are you doing, and do you plan on doing stuff around, around town now? Yes. We've been going around town a lot more. Um, okay. And I would say starting from last summer, really, we tried to get outdoors because we couldn't really hang out indoors with people, with our friends. Right. A lot of them are, you know, a day's driving distance. Um, no, I mean, like a day trip, right? Which is mm-hmm. like two hours at max. So in Seattle, that's like four blocks. So <laughs> you could walk. Yeah. Um, so how do you like incorporating things from the community into your TikToks? I mean, is, is that give you a new, another palette to work with? Is that another creative outlet? Yeah, I think I'm figuring that out. Um, but kind okay. of doing more vlog style videos. Okay. Um, okay. we did um I did a video showing kind of our favorite places around Seattle. So let me interrupt you and just ask, because this is exploring Washington. So yeah. where? That was a softball you lobbed to me. That was awesome. So yes. where where are some of your favorite places? Well, um, we took the kids. Everyone told us when we first moved here, don't go to the Space Needle, it's not worth it. And we're like, why not? We went there um, several months ago and and the kids had the best time. They loved really? the glass bottom floor, the rotating um, floor. And it was just a great day trip. And then we went to the Chihuly Garden afterwards and it was beautiful. So um, we love a day out downtown. We okay. love even just going out for boba or for, you know, a quick takeout meal. Um, yeah. I mean, am I going to sound touristy if I say I do love going to Pike place and picking up flowers and. <laughs> no, you're not going to sound. Yeah, you are. No, um, no, just kidding. 
So, but I want to, so, okay. I haven't been up to the space needle in many, many years and I wasn't there. I, they didn't have the glass floor. Yeah. But what's the building in Chicago that has the glass floor? The now Willis, Willis tower, formerly the the Sears Sears tower. Right. So I went up in that and I couldn't make myself do it. So I'm asking how on earth, how did your kids, I mean, I couldn't make my brain. I just couldn't do it. It was like just this complete, I just locked. I wasn't that I was, I was scared. Let me, let's be honest, but I just, I could, it's like I, my, my joints locked up. So how, as your son just walks by behind you and and my daughter daughter now, and I'm looking at these two little kids young kids. And you're saying they went out on the clear floor. They did. But when you say Sears tower, cause I've been there when they made the glass bottom, like that is just terrifying. And the space needle is not like that. They kind of have, they okay. kind of have a, um, it's, it's like a ring, a perimeter that okay. is glass bottom and then it rotates. So you can easily step off into where it, okay. where it's just, solid ground and yeah. then you can step on it for a little okay. bit look down and, okay yeah right. so okay. they All had right. a great but still time. still yeah. i mean i don't know that i could do that yeah and, and so i think you know okay cool there's, no there's nothing wrong with being yeah. touristy in seattle i mean i joke i've joked before that will you know the world doesn't need another article on the space you know because it's been done <laughs> same with pike place market yeah. it's been done but you know what they're both both of those places are, you know, they're popular for a reason and they're, they're fun. And, and I'm sure your kids had a great time. Pike market when it's not packed with people mm-hmm. um, is a wonderful place from, you know, I think. Yeah. And that's kind of where the beauty. Else? Where else do you guys like to go? We love going. If you go an hour East of Seattle um, in Snoqualmie, Snoqualmie pass, Cleelum area, Gold Creek pond. Yep. Yep. We kind of Have joke, you ever snowshoed out there? No, we haven't gone there out, out there in winter yet. Okay. But it's gorgeous. I've seen pictures when it yes, snows. It um, yeah. But that's been a favorite place for us when we have out of town visitors. Okay. We'll that's, take, see, that's a great place to take. Yeah. Out. Yeah. And we'll just, it's you know, just a- hang out there all day, easy hiking around the pond. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's an easy drive from Seattle for the most part. Yes. It really is an easy drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we're there, then we'll make a pit stop um, at Snoqualmie Falls. Okay. And then. Um, Beautiful. Yep. Do that. And then we'll drive through like downtown Snoqualmie. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And then come back. We'll usually stop by um, at a Korean market and okay. get some like prepared food, prepared side dishes, um, kim, okay. kimbap, which is the Korean version of sushi, um, which always is, is like great picnic food. I don't know what that is. Can you, yeah. would you help? Would you educate me on that? Sure. What, what is that? So kimbap is literally translated to sea, seaweed <laughs> rice. And it, um, it looks like a sushi roll, but inside it's all cooked ingredients and it's usually, um, like marinated, um, beef, like bulgogi and then, um, egg, 
a variety of vegetables. So it's supposed to look really colorful when you cut into it. So it's, it'll usually be like spinach, um, cucumber, pickled radish, which is yellow, uh, usually a yellow color. So then when you cut into it, it's kind of like a, a rainbow of colors oh. and flavors. So it's really, it's really delicious and it's the quintessential Korean picnic food. So whenever we go okay. on an outdoors, um, hike or picnic, we'll always have to stop by a Korean market, pick up some kimbap. When I'm super motivated, I will make it at home. But um, if not, is it, Korean is it market easy is to make? There. It is how, a how? labor. It's it's a little labor intensive, and okay. um, it's one of those foods that made me appreciate my mom. Once I oh. started to attempted to make it, and I realized, oh, this is actually um, like hours of work. Because you have to cook. But she just, just didn't whip it up in the kitchen for dinner on Tuesday night. It was it was an effort. It was an effort. Yep. But as as a okay. kid, like I remember just taking it for granted, right? Or just saying like, oh, man, I don't, can't I just take a sandwich on my field trip, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think every kid, every kid's taking their parents for granted. Come on. Yeah. I think it's, you know. <laughs> so coming back to a video that you, you mentioned yeah. in, in food, you, the spicy and the kimchi. Yes. How do I want to say this? I've tried kimchi. Mm -hmm. Some of it I have found to be um, for me, non-edible. Mm -hmm. And then some of it I have found to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. What makes, in your opinion, what makes good kimchi? the freshness of it. So it's texture and flavor and the, how mature it is because it is a fermented food. And as you know, with foods that are fermented, the more it ages, the stronger and deeper the flavors get. So right. um, there's such a vast variety of kimchi. There's, and, and there's different names based on, you know, if it's um, fresh kimchi, that's different from kimchi that you would, you know, maybe get at the store, which comes in a jar and it ferments and it ages the longer you keep it. Okay. Um, in my mind, it has to be the right kind of um, the the right ripeness. And I, I don't like it super fermented when it's super sour. Um, and I don't like it necessarily when it has just been made and fresh because okay. the flavors haven't had a chance to deepen, but, um, okay. and there's so many different, um, vegetables you can make kimchi with. And we say the most traditional is with, um, cabbage, like Napa oh, cabbage. Um, but some of my favorite types of kimchi are, um, chive kimchi, which is chive? chives. Mm -hmm. They're like Asian chives, Chinese chives, I think is, is what it is sold as at the Asian grocery store, but, mm -hmm. um, they, it, it's just so like the flavor is so deep and it's just, it's so good with, um, rice and it's, it's very flavorful. Um, and then another favorite to eat with soups and stews is kaktugi, which is radish kimchi and it's cubed radish oh. with the okay. kimchi seasoning, which is, you know, always Korean red chili pepper, uh, garlic. You always need some type of salt, which can be, um, in the form of, um, fermented shrimp or fish sauce or just salt if it's vegan. Yep. Okay. And then, um, gin so, ginger. Yep. 
those are kind of common. Do your kids, do your kids like kimchi? Have they, cause like my kids, when they were little, it's funny that you said this too spicy thing and yeah. you, you, you talked about fizzy water because there's been many times that, you know, Ooh, spicy. It was just kind of funny. Cause it was, it's soda water. Yes. Um, but do your kids like, do they have, do they appreciate the spice and the flavor? My daughter does. She's my younger one. She's five. Okay. And she constantly, one of the things she says most is I like spicy. So that's kind of been wow. a punchline with a lot that's of my funny. food related TikToks as well. Okay. And um, right. my son though, won't go anywhere near anything with the slightest bit of heat. Really? Okay. Yeah. So All he's, right. you know, I have to train him up to be a better Korean but my, but my showers are very hot. But you, oh, you like your showers hot. Well, I'm talking about heat as in spice. What does your son like to eat? What's, what's, what's his, like if I were to put him on right now and I were to say, what's your favorite meal? What's his answer? Probably going to be chicken nuggets or mac and cheese or corn dogs. Okay. And your daughter? Rice and kimchi. Wow. Kids are interesting, aren't they? Completely different. Oh, yeah. Just completely, pers- and it's awesome. Personalities are just completely different. They're polar opposites in personalities, preferences, interests. So if we, if, if, if I were to call you up and say, hey, let's go out somewhere in the Seattle area. Your kids get to pick. It's up to your kids. Mm-hmm. Where are they going to pick? Like where your kids in the Seattle area want to go? They would probably want to go to um, Molly Moon's for ice cream. All right. Before you continue, what are they going to pick at Molly Moon's? What's what's the flavors that they're going to go towards? My son always asks, and I think it's a seasonal flavor if they have strawberry shortcake. Okay. And I think it is a seasonal flavor because most of the time I'm telling him, no, they've got strawberry, they've got melted chocolate. So he'll usually go for the chocolate. With okay. the sprinkles on okay. a waffle cone. All right. And I'll tell him, okay, sprinkles are extra. Waffle cone is, <laughs> they don't right, care. Right. Yeah. Um, my daughter yeah, will yeah. always go for, um, she likes sorbets. So the last time she got the pink lemonade sorbet, which is also seasonal. Delicious, but a little bit scary when she's like in a white dress. Um. And if they don't have that, she'll have um, the sweet cream or cookie dough with sprinkles on a waffle okay. cone. So extra and extra. Yes. <laughs> it's always, it costs a lot of money to <laughs> I, an ice cream I run. Just a few weeks ago, we I had uh, Molly Molly Moon on and she was great. And it's, what a cool company. What, a, yeah. what a, a company that does really cool things. And and some of her flavors, I got a kick out of her because I asked her, you know, kind of like, what did you think was going to be a good idea? And it wasn't. And so we. That's we so went fun. That, yeah. That, that rabbit hole of, you know, this sounds like fun and um, it wasn't. And or this, you know, anyway. So they want to go for ice cream. Yeah. Well, I mean, all right. You mentioned, you mentioned in passing Boba and we talked about Boba mm-hmm. um, before we've recorded, recorded this. Do your kids like Boba? They love boba, but their idea of boba is not what, not the traditional um, milk tea with the tapioca pearls. Um, They like kind of the more um, kid friendly, I should say. So they're like blended um, drinks. So they're a mixture, like a cross between a milkshake and a smoothie. 
So they like those or like slushies. And then they usually have um, like little jelly, fruit flavored jelly on the bottom. Yeah. But they love going. Do you like boba? boba? I love boba. So what's. Tell me what you what makes good boba in your opinion. Well, really good milk tea. I don't like it too sweet, but it should be creamy and it should be um, with not a ton of ice. So I ask for um, less ice and it's really in the boba, which is the tapioca pearls. And so they are Mm -hmm. usually um, sweetened. So that's where I like to get the sweetness from. And and most of these boba places, you can um, adjust the sugar level, like at any coffee shop, you know, but you'll ask them, okay, um, a lot of them will do uh, percentages. So you want regular just comes with a hundred percent, you know, how it comes, how the house makes it. Um, I'll usually ask for 30 or 50%. If it's a new place and I've never been there and I don't know what their baseline sugar level is, I'll just ask for half, half sweetened, less ice with boba. And I'll usually go for, um, just the classic milk tea. If it's a new place I'm trying out for the first time. And then from there, I'll, I'll kind of expand and so where's a good boba place in the Seattle area? We love this place called Drip Tea. It's in Capitol Hill. Okay. And they are super cool because they've got, um, they have like a little retail corner um, where they sell like hype pins. <laughs> Sometimes okay. they have, um, my my husband really likes that place because he, he's a sneakerhead. So he likes to go and check out what new stuff they have but it's a great is one of those yes it's, it's one of those it's, it's an experience right it's not your typical okay. boba place um and they've got these cool um artisan drinks they'll get really creative so they have one that i really like which is called um i want to say it's called the yellow heart but it's got mango milk which is milk flavored with their mango jam and then they've got um, tapioca pearls in there and um, mango, like some of the mango jam on the bottom. Okay. They've got this green tea, strawberry drink, which is really good. And then my husband always, he'll always get the classic milk tea or the oolong milk tea with boba. Okay. So I know very little about it. I mean, I've had it and not, not a connoisseur of it. You know, so my experience with boba tea, it'd be like if McDonald's served boba tea, that's the level. I think McDonald's should. I mean, we should make it. Yeah. (laughs) No, don't know. Anyway, so I'm not, I I am not a connoisseur of it. All right. But I read maybe a month ago, maybe two months ago. So before I, before I say what I was going to say, but do these places that you like, are they making the pearls are they buying the pearls? So, because I guess there's a little bit of like. Sure. Um, to my understanding, say- they import the pearls, but they prepare them in house. They come dried. So th- yeah. Right. So there's a shortage on tapioca and a shortage on the pearls that was causing a lot of, according to the article that I read, you know, but some boba places to really have a problem because they couldn't get the pearls or the tapioca. And that was, I mean, who would have thought of that as a byproduct of the pandemic oh, yeah. that we'd have a tapioca shortage? Oh, yeah. I read that and <laughs> panicked a little bit. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. All right. I was like, we got to go this weekend and get our boba fix. <laughs> but you also mentioned coffee. You Are you a coffee fan? I am a coffee fan. I'm not the connoisseur. My husband is. Okay. So I will drink okay. whatever he has or whatever he makes me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So how does your, how does, what is your husband, when, if he's making coffee, what's he preparing? Is it, are you drinking yes. espresso drinks? Or are you drinking drip coffee? Uh, he'll, he'll like, um, uh, a light to medium holding coffee. Um, okay. and ugh, he's going to get, he's going to be disappointed in me that I don't remember what's his favorite kind. That's okay. I think it's Nigerian. I'm not sure. But he, there are okay. certain um, types of coffee that he likes. He's not, he's not a um, snob in terms of it has to come from this shop or, you know. I'm going to guess if, if he's, you know, he, Ethiopian, Ethiopian maybe, you know, yeah. Afri- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. African coffees. Because yeah. if he likes the lighter stuff, yes. then the, some of the, some of the African coffees yeah. can be on the lighter side with more fruity he likes the fruitier notes. Sometimes I'll say this okay. tastes sour and he'll say it's supposed to. Yeah. Then it's probably, it is probably an African coffee that is his, his go-to have you preference. been to heart in Portland? I have not. So that's one not. of his favorite places. Okay. So we'll always have to stop jokingly, there. jokingly Oregon's dead to us for the show. Just, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> how about, how about in, <laughs> Okay. I've never even heard of heart. So share with us a little bit about that place. Just because I want to know. Well, all I know about them <laughs> is that that's the coffee shop in um, Portland that my husband must stop by if we're okay. driving down there or driving through okay. Portland. Um, and, you know, it's one of those places where he'll, he'll, it, he just gets like a pour over coffee, black and that's how mm-hmm. he likes it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it's, that. It's great that's a delicious coffee. cup of coffee. Yes, it is. It's a delicious. It, pour, overs, pour overs when done well, in my opinion, are a delicious mm-hmm. way to have coffee. Mm-hmm. All right. It's Saturday afternoon. The last question, I'll put you on the spot. Saturday afternoon, your husband looks at you and goes, let's go out to dinner tonight. Two, two questions. With kids, without. Where do you want to go? With kids? One, one, one you get one answer okay. with one with the kids, one without kids. Um, let's see one with the kids. We would probably go to, um, Din Tai Fung. Okay. Get the dumplings, the green beans, all of that. That's always a crowd pleaser without the kids. We like going to places where, um, there's, other things to do like walk around so we really like going to downtown Edmonds okay and just um walking along the shops seeing the water like going to the water um and there was a oh, salt and iron in downtown Edmonds okay they do really good um I guess well it's called salt and iron so they do like surf and turf like seafood okay. and steaks yep nice mm-hmm. okay so we'll wrap this up with Question about you and TikTok and the future. What do you think you will keep doing? Do you have any, I don't want to say plans. That sounds really like, you know, but what do you think will happen now that we're getting back to normal? Mm-hmm. 
do you, do you, do you envision still doing TikTok? And what does that look, what do you think that's going to look like for you moving forward? That's a great question. I think the way I see TikTok, um, as far as the role it plays in, in my life now really has, has, is evolving now that we're getting back to normal. Now that I am having more responsibilities outside of the home and I'm not just, you know, on my phone or, or cooped up with hours to think about making content. Um, I think it will continue to be a pastime, something that I want to do for fun. Mm -hmm. But I think it is leading to other opportunities outside of the platform um, in my community in particular, where I can, you know, um, actually do some good or be of some use. So one example is um, serving on my PTA this coming year as um, the community outreach person. Okay. And so that's something that, you know, really I, I want to serve and, and be in my community, right. And be mm-hmm. just an engaged person in my community. I don't, I don't want to be this personality on social media and that's it. Right. You know? Yeah. So I think I will always keep, keep it as an outlet but I never wanted to feel like that's, that's what I do. And, and that's my job and that's my work and that's who I am. Okay. Very good. We'll wrap this up by allowing you to say, to kind of just totally disregard everything you just said, where can they find you on TikTok? Sure. <laughs> um, but where can people, where can people find, if they want to go check out yeah. your videos, the too spicy and all of that stuff, where can they find you? Well, you can find me under Jane Parr Kang. And what I did was I merged together my two last names. My maiden name is Park, P-A-R-K. My um, husband's name is Kang, like kangaroo, K-A-N-G. And so it's Jane Parr Kang, P-A-R-K-A-N-G. Um, and that's where I am. All right. Well, thank you for getting on and, and having this conversation with me. It's really cool to to hear this i i just think it's it's fascinating really the fact that you know you you just started as a way of you know trying to maintain some sanity i guess i'll paraphrase for you you know as an outlet just something and and then you've turned it into this you're deepening your connections with your kids um maybe with your husband when you drag i don't know i mean kidding, but you know it's that you've been and then you've, you've shared it with people and they're finding it to be entertaining and engaging and that's awesome. And so congratulations to you. And, uh, I, yeah. And you can have the last word, whatever it might be. Oh my goodness. Well, it's, it's been such an honor, Scott. And I think I'm so glad. I feel like we connected at a really timely, um, period at the, at the start of summer, because my goal is really to explore this state. And I think Washington has so many wonderful things to offer. Um, there is a lot of hope and optimism in the air because things are opening up. Um, you know, people are getting vaccinated. My parents are thinking about coming out here again. So there's just so much that I want to do 
Um, we're eager. We've been here for two years, but we feel like we're just now starting to make Washington State our home. So um, we're really just looking forward to, to growing here and really just becoming like members of, of, of our community. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Take care. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.